this Monday. Now, before we get into the news, I got a couple of announcements to, to make. Um, tomorrow and Wednesday, I'm not going to be doing a show because my brother and nephew are down here in Florida, and tomorrow we're going to Legoland. Okay, so I got a big day tomorrow, and they're going to be staying with us on Wednesday. So I'm going to be wrapped up with family. No show tomorrow, no show Wednesday, and then all next week, my wife and I are actually going on a much, much needed vacation. So, the next uh, week or so is going to be pretty light, or two weeks. Um, so, we'll try to make up make up for it maybe uh, this weekend. I'll do an extra show or something like that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be missing a couple days, so I just want you guys to know. Now, let's get into the news. So, uh, we, got a, we got a couple big stories. So, Kevin McCarthy, you know, it was rumored, rumored yesterday that he was actually not going to follow through on his promise to release the... Uh, January 6th footage, and then come today, we find out that actually, he handed all the footage over to Tucker Carlson. Uh, Plot twist. I mean, this I did not see this coming. So this is pretty huge. I mean, all of the mass surveillance, the censorship, the raids by the DOJ, the labeling uh, of you and me as violent domestic terrorist extremists has all been justified by the January 6th PSYOP, one of the biggest PSYOPs ever conducted in American history. So this is huge. We have an opportunity to destroy this narrative that they've been crafting for the past two years. And so I'm very excited, but I do have my concerns, and I'm going to give you guys my thoughts about it and what I'm expecting here. Uh, We're also going to talk about Norfolk Southern, the train company that derailed in Ohio, now offering a measly $1,000 to the people of East Palestine, another slap in these people's faces, and it's definitely uh, an attempt for them to skirt liability. So we're going to talk about that as well as uh, something I have not had a chance to talk about, and that is the fact that the World Health Organization has published a new document uh, called the Zero Draft, quote, Pandemic Treaty, which is a massive, massive power grab from Bill Gates and the unelected globalists uh, that seek to centralize power, unfathomable, unfathomable power in the hands of a small handful of psychopaths, okay? So, we got a lot to go over, uh, but before we get into any of that, I want to talk about the fact that today is President's Day, and uh, it, it's a historic day, right? Because not only is it President's Day, but it's also... We're, we're, we're nearing the one-year mark of this war between Ukraine and Russia, right? And so today, Mr. Heroic, totally legitimate, 81 million votes, Joe Biden, is out risking his life and in, in entering a hostile war zone in Ukraine to show solidarity in the name of democracy. And guys, I got to tell you, uh, rumor has it that Putin is trembling in his boots right now. Okay, now check this out. This is an article from The Atlantic, and it's going to make you cringe so hard. Uh, It's titled, Biden Just Destroyed Putin's Last Hope. And guys, you are going to want to hear this. Okay, so the long-range missiles matter. So do the super-accurate artillery shells, the surface-to-air missiles, and the winter weather gear, the training in English countryside, or the muddy (laughs) something maneuver grounds, and the intelligence provided from the eyes in space, and the ears on planes that circle outside the battle zone. 
President Joe Biden's visit to Kiev means uh, matters just as much as any of these. Other heads of government preceded him, earning deserved credit. But it is all an altogether different thing when the President of the United States, who is indeed the leader of the free world, shows up. His words mattered. He pledged our unwavering and unflagging commitment to Ukraine's democracy, sovereignty, and territorial integrity. And even more important, that the United States will stand with Ukraine as long as it takes. Now here's my favorite paragraph. Symbols matter. A Kennedy or a Reagan at the Berlin Wall. A Churchill with a cigar and bowler. For that matter, a green-clad Zelensky growling, I need ammunition, not a ride. Simply by taking the hazardous trip to Kiev, Biden made a strategic move of cardinal importance. So we're comparing uh, demented, uh, Dementia Gate Joe to Winston freaking Churchill here. They just compared this MFR to Winston Churchill, Reagan, Kennedy. I mean, we're talking about Winston Churchill, who teamed up with the Russians and led the British from the brink of defeat in World War II, damn near saved the world from a Nazi takeover, and we're saying that Biden going to Ukraine is the equivalent of that. You've, you've got to be kidding me. Biden is... Uh, this is so crazy. Like, this is an upside-down world where we're talking about Winston Churchill, you know, saving us from the brink of a uh, Nazi takeover, where Biden is literally funding neo-Nazis and leading us into World War III. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, but this is how they're portraying it, right? Th- like, like, Biden's a hero. He went in there, you know... His bravery is absolutely unparalleled. He went on a solo mission. You know, no U.S. troops there to protect him. The Russians were literally launching missiles over his head, but Joe did not let that sway from sway him. Uh, you know, he was there, standing in solidarity. And uh, this, this is <laughs> this is crazy, man. What world do these people live in? You actually have this video. You know, you have all these people that basically think that the whole war is like a, a Hollywood film, and a lot of it's fake and being overplayed. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I got to give those people some credit, man, because we have this video from Disclosed TV. When Biden arrives, there were air raid sirens going off, right? But notice that nobody flinches. Nobody moves. <laughs> so... <laughs> Look, nobody gives a shit. There's, there's missiles flying over their head. And everybody, <laughs> I guess the protocol is everybody flood to the streets. We're being bombed by Russia. Right? I mean, this whole thing, it does start to look staged when you see stuff like that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> guys, this is, this is ridiculous. This is what we're doing on President's Day, okay? This guy, illegitimate Joe, okay, is going to Ukraine... On President's Day, to cut checks to the illegitimate Zelensky and collect his ten percent, he's popping in, you know, making making a little trip and visiting his son's bio labs and money laundering operations and sniffing a couple of kids and then getting praised as a hero for it. Meanwhile, here in our own country, thousands of people are growing third arms and developing cancer out in Ohio after a toxic chemical spill, and Biden's nowhere to be found. You know, we got plenty of problems here in our backyard, but none of that matters because the big guy is out playing 
uh, Zelensky's sugar daddy, right? So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit and say happy President's Day, Sleepy Joe, the best president ever. Okay, now let's get into talking about this January 6th footage, uh, the story that you guys came here for. Okay, so... Kevin McCarthy gives trove of unreleased January 6th footage to Tucker Carlson. And uh, this is not what I expected, guys. So instead of releasing the footage to the American people, McCarthy decided to release it to Tucker Carlson of Fox News. And, you know, so here's the thing. I like Tucker. But this isn't exactly what I would call, quote, releasing the footage to the public like McCarthy promised. You know, my and my problem is not so much with Tucker, but the fact that Tucker works for Fox, Fox News, right? So anything that he releases is going to have to be parsed through and approved of by a team of attorneys in black suits. Remember the time that Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote went on Tucker Carlson and she talked about the cell phone geolocation uh, data that they used to track the mules in the 2020 election. Well, after that interview, we found out that Catherine was sat down by attorneys, Fox News attorneys, who basically put guardrails around her from the things that she was allowed to cover. And so I can imagine that, you know, that that that's how Fox News operates. And I, I believe Tucker Carlson's heart is in the right place and whatnot. And he's one of the only honest journalists in mainstream media. But what we're probably going to get is only snippets of the actual story. And so I have a concern about that. Also, they say that they're going to release this stuff in the coming weeks. But in, in, in reality, we're talking about terabytes of footage here. We're talking about 41,000 hours of footage. So I don't really care how big of a staff they have, how big their filter team is. You know, it's not going to be a fast process, right? If, he, if, if, if McCarthy had released this WikiLeaks style to the public, you know, we'd have millions of people spending hours upon hours and getting getting the whole story out there in a day. But now we have Fox News getting the exclusive, okay? Now, so those are my problems with this. But there is some logic to the to way, the way that this... Ugh, God, I'm having a hard time talking today. So there is some logic to the way this is being released. Now, Jennifer Asper is somebody that I, I work with behind the scenes. She sends me a lot of articles and stuff that I might miss and helps me, uh, you know, stay informed. And so she's the one that sent this to me originally. And she, you know, I express my concerns with this being given to Tucker Carlson, and her response was actually uh, pretty thought-provoking. So she said, you know, if they had released this to the public the way that I want them to, then you have to think that what would happen is you would have the left and the left-wing media apparatus taking clips of their own out of context and doctoring the evidence 10 times faster than we could ever keep up with them, and it would get blasted out to more people. Because if they released it to us, right, most of us are banished to echo chambers like Telegram and Truth Social, and on the other hand, you have the left that are allowed on platforms like YouTube, where they, they have uh, a reach that is 100 times the reach that we have. So if they released this footage, you'd have George Soros funding activists to, to put out snippets out of context and make this situation even worse and just reaffirm 
the uh, deep state's narrative around January 6th, right? So I understand needing some sort of central control and central control of how this gets disseminated to the public. Okay, I somewhat get releasing it to Tucker Carlson, okay? But again, you know, why, why just him? Why just one media outlet, right? There's so many to choose from. You have the Epic Times. You have Bannon's War Room. I mean, you have Garrett Ziegler and Marco Polo, the guys that have parsed through the Hunter Biden laptop. Why not give it to a team of people? You know, and allow this to be a coordinated effort because then you would have competition. Think about it. You know, one of my concerns is the amount of time this is going to take, the delay. When you have one person and one network getting the exclusive, then it it provides an incentive for them to drag this out as long as possible and maximize their profit and their ratings, right? They're they're not going to want to just put it all out there all at once. Fox News is going to want to drip this out slowly, as slowly as possible. You know, whereas if if you gave it to a bunch of people, then they would be in competition with one another to get the story before the other, right? Epic Times would want to beat Fox News to the punch and vice versa. But in this scenario, you have Fox News uh, protecting all of this from anybody else getting it because they want to tell their own story and get the exclusive. So this this is actually pretty problematic. But I say all that and, uh... Somebody says they lost audio. Uh-oh. Somebody let me know in the chat if you can still hear me. Because uh, somebody lost the audio. And we've been having problems with Rumble lately. So I'm a little little concerned here. Anyways, I'll, I'll just keep going. And I'll keep an eye on the chat. So, uh, with all that said, you know, Tucker Carlson has a pretty good track record. And he's especially on January 6th, he's been extremely critical of the DOJ's weaponization against the American people. He's been extremely critical and exposing the January 6th sham committee uh, and the, the, the entire mainstream media portrayal of, of what happened on that day. So he, he's got a pretty good track record, and he actually published a documentary called Patriot Purge, exposing the PSYOP. And in that documentary, which I watched, um, you know, he exposed stuff like Officer Sicknick, the the lie that they told. They said that, you know, the MAGA extremists bludgeoned this officer with a freaking fire extinguisher. But then later, it turned out none of that actually ever happened. No, he, he was. And then, you know, they had to retract the story, then changed it to, well, actually, they sprayed him with bear mace and he died. And that was a lie, too. So the documentary exposed that and exposed, you know, the fact that the FBI, prior to January 6th, they staged and incited a fake kidnapping plot of Michigan uh, Governor Whitmer. And as it turns out, the field officer that was running that PSYOP actually was promoted to be the field officer overseeing Washington, D.C. before January 6th. Okay, so there was a lot that Tucker Carlson exposed in that documentary. He knows what really happened. 
And so I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I really hope that we can shatter the deep state's narrative on January 6th because, again, they spent the last two years perpetuating this lie and making January 6th out to be something equivalent to 9-11. You know, uh, the, and the January 6th false flag, right, has led to people being indefinitely confined in gulags, in solitary confinement, for not committing any acts of violence, basically for trespassing, and as they rot in these DC gulags, it is, they're in hor- horrific conditions, but this isn't just about them, okay? This isn't just about the people that were there at the Capitol on that day. This PSYOP was used to launch an all-out assault on the American people, specifically the so-called MAGA Republicans, like, uh, you know, Joe Biden said in his blood-red, uh, speech, whatever the hell that was, you know, the the MAGA Republicans have been demonized as domestic terrorists. And all of the mass surveillance, the tracking, the censorship, the collaboration between the DOJ and the big tech companies, the DOJ shifting resources from child trafficking into domestic terrorism, all of that has been justified under the false narrative that there was a violent attempt to overthrow the government on January 6th, okay? So, you also have the DOJ following the Jan, Jan 6 sham committee's uh, bogus investigation gearing up to... You know, right now, they're considering whether or not to charge Donald Trump. And they want to do everything they possibly can to not just damage him in in terms of optics, but also literally charge him and try to prevent him from running in 2024. So this whole PSYOP has been one of the biggest false flags ever launched on the American people and has completely shifted the dynamic in this country. It it has exacerbated this divide between left and right to the nth degree. And it, 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 is, it has allowed the justification for government overreach in so many, so many different ways. And it's all a lie. It's all a lie. We know about Ray Epps. We know that Nancy Pelosi and uh, Muriel Bowser refused the National Guard that Trump authorized. We know that they, they uh, opened up the barriers and allowed them into the Capitol. We, we know all this stuff. But unfortunately, a vast majority of the country doesn't because they're not as informed as we are. So we have an opportunity right now to put this all on full display and shatter this narrative. And that's that's going to have a, a massive impact, not just on the, the political situation, but also it's going to red pill a lot of people that have been lied to by these so-called authority figures in mainstream media. I mean, they've been told this lie over and over and over. And it's become part of their paradigm, their worldview. That there was a violent insurrection on January 6th by a bunch of domestic terrorists that wanted to overthrow the government. They've been told that over and over. They've been told that white supremacy is the greatest threat to our nation and democracy that we face as as a country today. Over and over and over. 
And what happens when they find out that it was all a pre-planned, coordinated PSYOP by the very agencies and the very authorities that they've trusted? That is going to have a massive impact that we can't even fathom. So, again, I'm ca- uh, cautiously optimistic that Tucker Carlson is going to deliver. But we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so with that said, guys, please smash the like button. And we're going to go ahead and move on to the next story. But first, a message from our sponsor. Uh, actually, no. Because I don't, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have the sponsorship videos queued up. But I'll just say this: you know, we're going to talk about East Palestine in Ohio, and we see that there's a coordinated attempt to poison the water and food supply of millions of Americans. Okay, and we also have seen over the past year food processing plants going up in flames in record numbers. There is an all-out attack. On the food supply. So, if you guys go to uh, preparewithnickmoseater.com, you can save tons of money on a three-month emergency food kit. And, you know, I have mine just up in the closet in these two plastic bins. And, uh, you know, we had a hurricane not that long ago. And I got to tell you, having that, you know, ready to go, if, if and when I need it, gave us a lot of security. When everybody else is out panic buying... And the, the the shelves are empty. It's it's definitely good to have on hand. So uh, it makes preparing easy, and uh, it, it it lasts forever. Twenty five year shelf life. Okay, it's made in America and it ships fast to your door. So go to preparewithnickmoseater.com and save on your three month emergency food kit today. Now let's get into this. So next story. Oh, I, for, I almost forgot I had this pulled up. This is very interesting. So remember we talked about that Netflix documentary, White Noise, where it was basically a documentary in East Palestine of a chemical explosion that caused a bunch of people to have to be evacuated. And this was, this was made months before the East Palestine train derailment that actually happened. And we said, you know, that this appears to be predictive programming. You know, a, a lot of people like me are thinking to themselves that this whole thing was intentional. Or at least considering that possibility. Well, this just takes it a step further. So local farmer sounds the alarm. Why did East Palestine launch My ID Emergency Service to surveil biometrics one week before Ohio train derailment. This is a crazy story. So Bob Moore, a 70-year-old farmer and longtime resident of East Palestine, initially ignored local news reports urging residents to sign up for My ID to receive a new biometric tracking device that provides first responders updates about an individual's health conditions amid an emergency or major disaster. But the suspicious timing of the government's distribution of this health monitoring digital ID exactly a week before the disaster warrants questions. Yeah, I'll say, I mean, (laughs) what the hell is this, man? It's like a biometrics tracking device that reports your health conditions to first responders. And they just decided to launch this, I guess, pilot program and offer this to everybody a week before they burnt up 
carcinogenic chemicals and and like basically nuked the entire town. I mean, this just makes my head go crazy. Okay, you want me to sit here and not think this was all intentional? Well, how do you explain this? So he goes on to say, quote, It was exactly a week before the derailment happened that people were asked to go to the local fire department in downtown East Palestine to get that my ID. They began monitoring your physical activity, your heart rate, your respiration, anything you might be exposed to. I see this as the kind of sensor you would put on an astronaut or an athlete that you wanted to track to see how he'd react to stress or being winded or, in this instance, chemical exposure. It's a monitoring device. My ID provides wearable devices or key fobs that have QR codes. Emergency responders use a camera phone to access important medical information. Days before the train derailment, the CDC updated its profile of vinyl chloride, removing a section on how the chemical affects children. So, just so many coincidences here. When pressed for more information about the disastrous train derailment, Moore's associates, who are First responders and railroad workers are tight-lipped. Uh, they, they were required to sign a non-disclosure agreement prohibiting them from discussing the incident. So they, they've gotten the uh, first responders to sign non-disclosure agreements from talking about this disaster. You know, the experts in the local community that know what they're talking about, they've been told, quote, do not speak, this is not your business, This is the business of the federal government, the state government, and the railroad company. You've got to be kidding me, man. Yeah, the railroad company, that's who you want to be the authority on the matter. You know, telling you uh, the quality of your water and air and whether or not it's safe to drink. The state government, which didn't even find it necessary to, uh, you know, evacuate larger than a one-mile radius, even though this disaster is going to impact millions of people, probably in a thousand mile radius and didn't even call a state of emergency and the federal government who denied East Palestine uh, federal aid following this disaster until just like a day ago after Trump announced that he's going to be visiting East Palestine. (laughs) These are the people that you want to trust, not the local, uh, uh, the local first responders and the experts in the community. No, we need to get them to sign non-disclosure agreements because we couldn't have them out there talking and telling people that they're screwed, probably going to develop cancer and grow a freaking third arm out the center of their chest. My God, man. So this whole my ID thing, it just further confirms my suspicion that this whole thing was pre-planned, coordinated, and intentional. And remember, we talked about on the last show, we had the, uh, we, we played clips from an interview that CanCon did with a freight conductor who looked at the surveillance footage of the train as it was passing Salem, Ohio, and saw the glowing white hot, what I thought were, was, it was a hot axle, and said, no, actually, that looks like a dragging wheel, something I see all the time. It, it, it's something that um, would, you know, some, when, they were, when, they were, when they were stopped, in the middle of town, somebody could have came up and put a handbrake on the wheel so it would drag and eventually catch fire. And that's what he said, and the dude knows what he's talking about. So, so much of this makes it look intentional, look like a setup, and this just adds to it. Now, the next story. 
Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shaw on toxic chemical explosion says, frankly, uh, he's calling this a big success and says we're making progress. He thinks that the intentional burning of all this, these toxic chemicals was a big success and said that basically it allowed them to uh, avoid an even bigger disaster, right? Because, of course, you know, uh, they couldn't have possibly done anything besides set fire to a million pounds of vinyl chloride, which turns into uh, hydrochloric acid and phosgene and causes a giant mushroom cloud of carcinogenic chemicals to pour into the Ohio River and leak into the Mississippi River, right? We, there, there's, there was no way around that. Of course, we couldn't pump it out. Okay, of course, there was, there was nothing that could have been done. Because all those other things we could have done would have cost us more money. So I think this was a big success. You know, we really cut costs here. Absolutely pathetic. This man is a criminal. And to top it, to top it all off, Alan Shaw told WKBN he is terribly sorry for the derailment and the company is offering $1,000 per person to all those within a 44413 zip code. <laughs> so he's terribly sorry. Oh, is that why you couldn't show up to the town hall meeting where a bunch of people showed up to confront you and voice their concerns after you just poisoned them? No, you, could, you were a no-show. No call, no show. Said you were worried about your own safety. You couldn't face these people, but now you're terribly sorry. Right? And now he's offering $1,000 per person. A measly $1,000. You destroyed these people's lives. You destroyed the value of their property. These people are going to die before they even have a chance to spend that $1,000. And not to mention, I mean, you have to pay taxes on that money too. So how much are you really giving out? And and only to people within this one area code, which I think comprises less than 5,000 people. So this is them trying to get off easy. This is them trying to skirt their liability. Okay, and, and they say, he goes on to say, there's no strings attached to this money. We're not asking people to sign any kind of, uh, you know, wave away their rights to sue us in the future. We're just saying, sign here, and here's $1,000. But here's the thing. Um, he says that, but I don't believe it for a second. One, I mean, I, I would like to read the fine print on that. But even if there is no fine print, which says you waive your right to sue us in the future, here's the thing. He and all of the, the Norfolk Southern attorneys know that by offering this $1,000, later on in court when you try to sue them, the attorneys are going to argue that, hey, we offered you a settlement and you accepted it. So, why are you bringing us to court now? We already paid you. We offered you a settlement and you signed. So, you have no, you're not entitled to any more money because you signed the agreement in the first place. It's just like how Norfolk Southern contracted their own company to come out and test the water and air at people's homes. Right? 